Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Second hour underway here on Seattle Sports Saturday. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. Plenty of stuff to get to in this hour. But if you missed anything in the first hour, make sure you're downloading the podcast, subscribing to it on 710sports.com. Click on On Demand. We're there for you. So is every other show. Uh, You can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Plenty in this hour, including what do you want to see happen tomorrow in Seattle's game against the 49ers. That's coming up at 1230, and then we're going to go around the NFL, look at some of the biggest headlines, heading into the final week of the regular season, including some coaches that could be getting their pink slips coming up in a matter of days. But, Taylor, lots and lots to get to here, so let's get it underway with this hour's Big Three. Number one. Well, we were just talking NBA, but the NBA officially tipped off. We haven't been able to chat NBA. We've been on vacation, but now we're back. And so, too, is the NBA. But no undefeated teams left in the league as Markel Fulton, the Magic, falling to the 76ers on New Year's Eve. Funny enough that the Magic, the last undefeated team left this year, but it's bound to be an interesting one in the NBA as the Phoenix Suns already sit atop the Western Conference divisional standings with the L.A. teams trailing closely behind them. And on the Eastern Conference, four teams tied at 4-1 and one atop that conference. Philly, Orlando, Indiana, and Atlanta. So it'll be interesting to see some uh, new names atop the Eastern Conference there and what will happen this season with them. Seattle's favorite, one of our last draft picks, Kevin Durant, coming back after that big injury where he was out for a full season, already making his impact felt there in Brooklyn, averaging 28.2 points per game, shooting over 50% from the field, including the three-point arc. So good to see Kevin bounce back there, as uh, I know most Sonics fans still have a special place in their heart for Kevin Durant. And We talked about it last segment, but the Sonics in the middle of expansion conversations as the NBA considers new ways to generate revenue and potentially expand to new markets. Number two. Major League Baseball's hot stove appears to only be firing in San Diego, of all places. Nowhere else has there been much activity, but the Padres... Dipping into their ridiculously deep farm system this week to acquire not one, but two frontline starters. First, trading for Rays lefty, Shoreline native, Blake Snell. And then a couple days later, adding Cubs ace Hugh Darvish. Snell and Darvish added to a rotation that already features young studs Denelson Lamette and Chris Paddock. Now, am I disappointed the Mariners didn't go after Blake Snell? There was a lot of talk that maybe this, maybe the Mariners should dip into that deep farm system of theirs and add Snell, but i got to be honest, adding Blake Snell, probably not enough to get the Mariners back into the postseason hunt. They would have to get more and more guys, and at that point you're going to be dipping into a farm system that you're going to deplete and deplete and deplete to the point where there's nothing left and you're falling into the same trap that old Mariners teams have fallen into, the Bavese years, the Zarensic years. You don't want any of those. You don't want to repeat that at all. At this point in their rebuild, they're just not in the position to make those kinds of moves. They'll be there in time, just not yet. Number three. 
Well, Curtis, the Ohio State didn't look too bad for being ranked number 11 by some coaches and even the coach on the other side of the field in their 49-28 blowout of the Clemson Tigers on Friday in the Sugar Bowl. Incredible performance by Justin Fields. 22 of 28, 385 yards and six touchdowns and maybe a couple broken ribs in the process as well. Who knows? He didn't get an official diagnosis in the game, but he clearly took a big shot, came back, was able to help will his team to a big blowout victory. And another blowout uh, on the other game as well. And Notre Dame fans probably getting sick of hearing this, but uh, they continue to lose New Year's Eve or New Year's bowl games, New Year's six. Another one lost as they lose to Alabama. Alabama dominant in a 31 to 14 performance. I think it was 31-7 pretty much till the end of that game. So Crimson Tide advancing to their eighth national championship under Nick Saban. Ohio State and Alabama will meet in the title game on January 11th in what has been and most likely will be the strangest college football year of all of our lives. Yeah, it it's just I'm just kind of rooting for it to be over at this point. Yeah. It never felt like no the Pac-12. Yeah, it just it never felt like the Pac-12 was even a part of it from the start, from the outset. I mean, Oregon's playing in the Fiesta Bowl today, but I have no interest in that at all. Uh, Taylor, you bring up Notre Dame and their their history in New Year's Bowl games. Oh, my goodness. They are so bad. Dating back to 2000, they have played in now seven bowl games on New Year's Day. Uh, the closest one that they have played is a 14-point loss to Ohio State back in 2005. Uh, they lost to LSU in 06, 41-14. Alabama in the national championship game in 2012, 42-14. Ohio State in 2015, losing 44-28. Uh, 2018 to Clemson, losing 30-3. to And then last night, 31-14 to Alabama. They just get drubbed on New Year's Day. It makes no sense, but... And it all started with it. the Beavs, right? Didn't the Beavs blow them yeah. out in 2000? That was the one that that kicked it off. Those those pesky little Beavs down there. That was uh, the the TJ Hushmanzada, Chad Johnson era Ooh. Oregon State was, team. Uh, yeah, who was their running back as well? They had a really decent. Running oh, Ken running. Simonton. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was a good. That was a good era for Beaver football down there in Corvallis. Yeah. Uh, some honorable <laughs> mentions. Honorable mentions. Big news out of Texas this morning. They have fired head coach Tom Herman. They're paying a $15 million buyout for him. Uh, and it looks like when Steve Sarkeesian could be the next head coach at Texas. Now, this is a guy who it's it's controversial wherever he goes because – He's got some demons in his closet. It looks as though he has gotten a hold of of his uh, of his alcoholism, which was a big mm-hmm. reason why he left USC the way he did. Um, there was a an incident where uh, it was a booster event, and and Sark appeared intoxicated at that. Not a good look for him. I, I'm rooting for his sobriety. I, I'm rooting for him to be able to be a head coach again, Um, but the Texas job, that's a big job. And this is somebody that for the lack of success he has had as a head coach continues to get better and better jobs 
the more he gets into this. I mean, he's been the head coach at Washington, USC, two of the more historic programs out West. And now he gets to be the head coach at Texas, one of the most historic programs in all of college football. I mean, power to his agent for, for being able to pull that off. But I don't know if Sark is the guy I would uh, peg to be my next head coach, especially at a program with as much history as Texas. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, addiction is no joke. He's battling those demons and, and starting to overcome them. So we we root for that with everyone, right? We don't want anyone to suffer from that. But it's remarkable how he and Lane Kiffin have failed upwards better than anyone I've ever seen to just get job after job after mediocre success. If they could go ahead and just publish a book or like an audio book seminar, some sort of podcast where they can tell me how to do this so I can start to coast and fail upwards. I've been waiting for something like this my whole life, Curtis. This is it. This is our moment for the slackers out there. These are our leaders. We need to follow them into the failure and into the light. And um, it's uh, it's just one of those weird scenarios where they keep getting these big jobs. But again, congrats to him on, on getting that job, and congrats to Texas on six wins for the next three seasons. Oh yeah, it, it's seven win Steve. That was his nickname here yeah. at UW for all those years. Uh, yeah, it, just barely over five hundred can get you very far in college football. Speaking of college football, mm-hmm. Mississippi State, Tulsa, brawling to close out the Armed Forces Bowl. Mike Leach, I mean, what a first season over there in Starkville. Uh, I can't imagine you miss him all that much, Taylor. No, don't miss him at all. I watched some of that uh, Mississippi State Ole Miss game as Ole Miss blew out Mississippi State, and I said, you know what? I don't miss this anymore. I didn't miss knowing for a fact before that game started, Mississippi State had lost. They'd already lost that game before kickoff. And it continues, and look, he was in the stands taking pictures with fans while his team was brawling. The other team just, my hands are clean. I don't have to, I just have to talk about him in an honorable mention sometimes on Saturdays, and that's as <laughs> much mind as I got to pay Mike Leach. And, Hey, thanks for the success. Thanks for getting us out of the hole. Appreciate you, but uh, have fun. Have fun down there in Mississippi. I love it. I love it. Also in college basketball in the Pac-12, Arizona self-imposing a one-year NCAA tournament ban. As a Wildcat alum, hate all you want, but uh, you know what? Postseason ban in a year where the NCAA tournament not guaranteed, oh well. Hate all you want. Yeah, I'm I don't giving really up. Care. I'm giving up a year of my eligibility too. I've announced that I'm self banning myself from all postseason play, <laughs> and I'm going to sacrifice a year of my eligibility going forward. So big yeah. things happening. Uh, and then also uh, some unfortunate news this morning: NBA lifer, former Sonics and Suns head coach Paul Westfall, passing away at the age of seventy. He had been dealing with brain cancer for the last couple of years, uh, so. Definitely thoughts go out to his family, go out to a lot of people here in town because he played for the Sonics and also coached the Sonics uh, right after George Carl mm-hmm. left. 
Uh, I believe 1998 was his first year with the Sonics. So uh, rest in peace to Paul Westfall, uh, an NBA great. I believe he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, too. So uh, just a tremendous career, tremendous life he had. So shout out to him and his family. Coming up in this hour, what do you want to see happen for the Seahawks in their game against the 49ers as they close out the regular season and look towards the playoffs? But before that, we take a trip around the NFL right here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturday right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Taking a trip around the NFL. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. Taylor, we got some coaches that could be getting their pink slips here on Monday. You've got Adam Gase, Doug Marone, Anthony Lynn. I think it's pretty safe. Those three guys are on their way out. But do you think there's going to be any surprises? That's a good question. I don't know. I I think it's going to be just the three there that we expected. It looks more and more like Doug Peterson might not lose his job. We'll talk about that here in a second. But it, it feels like those are just the big three. Um, and look, there's those are some uh, appealing jobs. If you're a head coach and, you know, you know, um, Eric Bieniemy is probably going to be the number one candidate for a lot of these jobs, Kansas City offensive coordinator, and what where he lands. But there's some enticing opportunities here. Yes, they're sort of in the bottom right now, but uh, if you are a head coach to be, I think this is a good position to be sitting in right now. Yeah, you look at those those three teams: the Jets, the Jags, and the Chargers. Of those three teams that are likely going to be with the new head coach, I. I would say the Chargers probably the most uh, probably the most intriguing opening because of how good Justin Herbert has been this season as a rookie. Mm-hmm. But you, there is the possibility you get a coach Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields if you take the Jets or Jags jobs. That that to me pretty appealing as well. I don't think you can. I mean. You can go wrong in picking the Jets or Jags because of yes. just the, yes. the stink that follows those organizations. But getting the opportunity to coach one of those two quarterbacks could be very, very appealing, especially if you're a guy like you said, Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator, somebody like that should be a, an interesting one. Uh, Eagles with an interesting coaching move coming up. Defensive coordinator and DK Metcalf's number one enemy, Jim Schwartz, will not return in 2021. Doug Peterson looking like he'll meet with team ownership on Tuesday. Do you think changing out the coordinators is enough for Philadelphia to kind of get back to where they need to be, or do you think they need to, to sweep everything out? I think it's just coordinators. Look, I think Doug Peterson is a a good enough head coach to get you to the playoffs. And then, look, when you get into the playoffs, a lot of things can happen. And, you know, whether or not he can beat a team if he has enough talent, that's a whole nother conversation. But I think he's capable of leading this team. I, I would agree with this sort of procedure it looks like they're walking down. Swap out the coordinators. See if you can sort of bring some new life to the system that way and if in a year we're still having a similar conversation about the Eagles, then it's time to move on from Doug Peterson. You thank him for the Super Bowl, you thank him for his service, and you return him to Ferndale with uh, great, great pride. Yeah, him and Jake Locker, they can uh, talk about Ferndale yeah. and how great it is over there. 
Uh, NFL will have a 17th game for each team in 2021. That was reported this week by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Seahawks, their opponents have largely been set. There's just one team to be announced. We'll likely find that out after the games wrap up tomorrow. Uh, But their opponents, obviously, you got your NFC West twice. They're going to play the teams in the NFC North, the AFC South, the Saints, the NFC East champion, which is to be determined, still could be Washington, could be Dallas, uh, the Steelers, and then there's still one other team to be announced. Of those games, Taylor, which ones do you kind of have your eye on? Well, I mean, the NFC East one hopefully will be a victory. you You never know now. You saw what happened in the Giants game, but... Uh, Steelers and Saints. Look, you love to see these Seahawks play against good competition. It brings out the best in them. Pete Carroll finds a way, you know, in the best of times to play up and sometimes in the worst of times to play down to some of these opponents. So to see some of these teams, the Steelers, a ton of talent on that roster, I don't think that can be denied. The Saints, again, still a bright future, even with Drew Brees' deteriorating shoulder. But I'm excited to see this roster what it looks like in 2021 play some of these top level teams and and see if they can't establish themselves in the regular season again as one of the teams to watch heading into the playoffs and those are two teams the saints and pittsburgh that could look very different at the quarterback position new orleans you don't know if drew Brees is going to come back ben roethlisberger always plays the will he won't he retire game A tale as old as time. Uh, It should be interesting to see who the Seahawks face next season. Uh, Still one team uh, very much alive in the playoff race in the AFC. That would be the Cleveland Browns. They have not played in the playoffs since 2002, and that was their only playoff berth since returning to the NFL in 1998. Taylor, they face a Steelers team on the road that is going to be resting a lot of players but Cleveland has had to deal with a ton of guys coming off the COVID list, going back onto the COVID list, coaches out, receivers out. They get most of the receivers back this week. Do the Browns get it done? Do they make the playoffs for the first time in, what, 20, 19 years? My answer is yes. They finally do it. The Browns, look, their defense is legit. And they have some playmakers on that defense. And Baker Mayfield doing enough game managing right now to not lose them some of these games and to keep them in them, keep the defense allowing them to, you know, play free, get after the quarterback, cause pressure, cause turnovers. So Cleveland, a decent team this year. It's still the Browns organization-wide. It still feels like they have this sort of hex on them, but... I think it's. I think next week we're talking about them in the playoffs, and we're talking about how they were able to beat this Steeler team, who is resting people. And I don't mean to toot my own horn here, Curtis, but uh, I believe uh, one of us called out the Steelers as being vastly overrated and being a fraud of an undefeated team, and they have been poor <laughs> since that statement. And I'll toot my own horn on that because they looked Too like way. they were frauds. They looked like they just had some of these squeaky victories against lesser opponents waiting to play some of these teams. So I think Cleveland with more to play for wins this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about an early exit for the Steelers in the AFC playoffs as well. 
Didn't know I was hosting with Louis Armstrong with all the horn tooting going on in this, uh, in this <laughs> <segment>. <laughs> uh Some other news. We got quarterbacks declaring for the NFL draft. BYU's Zach Wilson and Florida's Kyle Trask both announcing they will declare for the 2021 draft. Seen a lot of, of boards have Zach Wilson high up on that list. Uh, Todd McShay having him about the eighth-ranked player on his big board. You look at this quarterback class, Taylor, you've got obviously Fields and Lawrence, probably going to be number one and number two. Zach Wilson's there. Trey Lance from North Dakota State. I mean, this is a a really deep quarterback class that I think has a lot of of scouts salivating. And and teams like the Jets and and the Eagles, well, not the Eagles, they got Jalen Hurts now, but I think the Jets, if you've got a guy like Sam Darnold and you see the number of quarterbacks that are going to be available this year, I think you'd be wasting an opportunity by keeping Darnold. I think you really got to hit the reset button and, and get one of these guys into your organization. And what about the 49ers? Could they potentially be looking yeah. to move on from Jimmy G? You know, will they try and draft someone? Is it worth drafting a first rounder? Maybe not, but for a team like the Seahawks, who's most likely going to be at the end of that first round, having a QB heavy draft is really beneficial. The QB's set here. That conversation's done. For the Seahawks to trade, we know they love trading back. To trade back with some of those teams looking to get up into the first, maybe take a QB before some of those um, early second-round picks could really be a beneficial thing for a team like the Seahawks, and they can capitalize something on something like that, and maybe it, it's to their benefit. So more quarterbacks. Let's get more good quarterbacks in this draft. Let's get this draft board up. Let's get more of these draft picks back for the Seahawks. And let's see what they can do. Hopefully something similar to what they did this year to where they had a, a quietly impactful draft on this organization. Speaking of the Seahawks, there will be at least one different coach on the offensive side of the ball next season. Run game coordinator Brendan Carroll, son of Pete He'll be joining Jed Fish's new staff at Arizona to become their offensive coordinator. Now, Taylor, you look at this Seahawks offense this year. They were so good in the season's first half, not as great in the second half. Do you think Brennan Carroll is the only coach that will be different next year for the Seahawks on the offensive side of the ball? Because we've heard Shoddy's name get thrown around for that Texans job. Do you think Carroll is the only one that is different next season? I think Shoddy's got a real shot to be a a head coach somewhere. And for him, I think that's a great opportunity. He should definitely jump at it. No disrespect to the OC job here in Seattle. But to be a head coach in the league is a special opportunity. So I think he's going to get a serious consideration from some of these teams. And we already know, like you said, like Eric Biennemi, he'll be one of the big gets for one of these teams, most likely leaving the Chiefs. So... You're going to see some shifting around, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Shoddy take a big job and get that opportunity at the next level. Much deserved. Very much deserved for him, and he, if he did it, I would have no ill will. Um, but I would agree, I don't think this is the last move, and I don't think this is the last coach we see move from the Seattle team. Those are some of the biggest headlines in the NFL going into Week 17. Coming up next, what do you want to see happen for the Seahawks in their game coming up against the 49ers? Text that in to the Busy Hard Seltzer text line 710-710. Also, 
Texas, your shout-outs, too. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Text in your shout-outs to the Viseyard Seltzer text line, 710-710. We get to those every single week here on Seattle Sports Saturday. That's how we wrap it up at 11 or at uh, 12.45 right here on yeah. 710 ESPN Seattle. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. And the task at hand for the Seahawks, well, I mean, you're already in the playoffs, so what's there left to play for? We've got this called the number one seed and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That is at stake. Even the two seed, you get two home playoff games with that. I mean, that is a very enviable spot to be in for the Seahawks. And the teams that are out in front of them, the Packers and the Saints, dealing with a lot of, of turmoil right now. Potentially the door is open for the Seahawks to take advantage of at least one of those teams slipping up. I know, Taylor, you're going to be keeping an eye on both the Packers and the Saints. I'm going to be doing that as well tomorrow. Uh, it, it makes tomorrow that much more important than I think it would have been had the Saints running backs been healthy. And also if, if David Bakhtiari, the all-pro left tackle for the Packers, if he hadn't gone down. Because if those guys were playing, I like New Orleans and Green Bay's chances with those guys in the lineup. Without them, though, anybody's ballgame. Yeah, and I don't want to bring this up, but I, I feel like I'm forced to. And if the Seahawks win that Giants game, I believe they control oh. their own destiny for the number one seed. And oh. I think if they win, they get it. So, uh, yeah, that one stings a little why, bit. Too. Why you got to do that? Why you got to do that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but big butt come in here. Now it gives them that opportunity to keep the foot on the gas, right? Get out of this game. No injuries. I think that's the biggest and most important thing to to leave Sunday with is no big injuries. But to me, the opportunity to play for something, like you said, Curtis, is what's going to keep this team motivated and rolling into the playoffs, right? You want that momentum. You want that forward progress. Keep moving. Keep going. Keep grinding. And, And... you'll keep winning. That's the way you keep winning in this league and, and to have the opportunity to keep winning. And 49ers are divisional rival, right? They're going to give them their best shot. There's pride on the line for them. The Charlie Conway, the pride, Ooh. it's all about that for them. So that's nothing to, 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 to move past. It's something to seriously consider, especially in a divisional rivals. They got to win. You got to take care of your own business, but it'll be great as a fan for you and me and everyone listening now to sit back and watch the Seahawks game and other games knowing there's implications. We're going to be wanting the Bears to win. We're going to have our Carolina Panthers hat on the side as well. It'll be a fun day tomorrow. And you're right. Not a lot to lose, but a lot to gain. And that's exactly where you want to be. Week 17, heading into the playoffs. Absolutely. Now, this game against the 49ers, it's going to be very unique because it is being played at, I'm going to, I'm going to call it a house of horrors for Seahawks fans worldwide because State that's Farm fair. Stadium in Glendale, Arizona 
has never been kind to the Seahawks. It's where we saw the end of the entire LOB. It's where one of the it's where the worst moment in Seahawks history happened. Super Bowl 49, hate to bring that up. Any nerves going into a game being played there? Well, already this year they lost an overtime game against the Cardinals. It's where that 6-6 tie game happened. Uh, I don't I hate to bring all this up Taylor, but it's this darn stadium that has never really played out in Seattle's favor. Yeah, and I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. So this one makes me a little stitious about what's about to happen here. And look, the those types of things really have no impact on the game, yet all fans believe it. They all have these things. I got to wear this. I got to sit here. I got to do this. I got to think this. I got to... Watch it here with this person. We all have these little, you know, things that we need to do to feel comfortable in the game. And I don't know if I could do any sort of juju to help that that stadium, but that place is, there's something about it. It's like the north end zone at CenturyLink or Lumen Field now, pardon me. There is no scientific anything that you can prove it's different than the, the, the end zone in the southern part of the stadium, yet there's always something happening in that north. There's always something, right? And it feels like there's always something there. So scientifically, bogus. In my heart, nervous. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, something about that stadium I just just doesn't sit right with me. I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it at all. But it's the 49ers. It's not the Cardinals. Maybe there's something different that will happen on Sunday going into that game. We're getting a lot of texts on the Vizyard Seltzer text line. Like, <laughs> how could you guys bring that up? And it's like, well, I mean, it's where this game is getting played tomorrow. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. And it's clear that we have struck a nerve with a lot of people here with that. But Yeah, uh, shout and out look, to you guys. as much as I – I was just going to say, as much as I want this game to not be there and to not be talking about this, look, things happen, and we got to talk about the, the past and these things that have happened there. So something to keep in mind as we get through this last game there, hopefully, <laughs> of the season. No more of this craziness. Just get us out, get to the playoffs, get this win against a divisional rival. And get out of there with everyone healthy. Again, the most important thing to me is just that health and getting the the win in that process. Absolutely. Now, tomorrow against the 49ers, Taylor, there are going to be some players that are, I think, to put people at ease are going to need good games going into the playoffs. Who do you think is in need of just a, a a game where they can silence some doubters, silence some critics as we march towards the playoffs. Well, I got two. I don't think my defensive one I'll start with because I don't think people have been doubting him or criticizing him. The opposite, actually. But I think Dunlap needs the big game. It, it appears that his um, appearance on the roster has been the pivot for this defense, and that's where things started to turn for them. So for me... Heading into the playoffs for Dunlap to have that big statement game for that defensive line to show the rest of the NFC and the NFL. This Seahawks, the Seahawks defensive unit is no joke. 
would love to see Dunlap be that guy for the defense. And for the offense, again, not a guy who's been criticized or, or anything by that means, but love to see Tyler Lockett have another one of those big games. And to make defenses around the league think about DK Metcalf on one side, Lockett on the other side, Chris Carson in the middle. Oh, by the way, you've got some solid tight ends there mixed in as well. And Russell Wilson throwing them the ball. So to me, you get Lockett back involved, get him back on people's radars, and, and those two people will help sort of re-intimidate the NFL heading into the playoffs. What about you? I like that I like that Tyler Lockett pick, and I think mine is, is going to be similar to that. It's going to be the guy who's throwing him the ball. I think Russell Wilson, uh, I want to see from him either 300 yards or three touchdowns. I'm okay with either. I'd love both, but we haven't seen Russ get this. We haven't seen Russell Wilson throw for 300 yards since the Buffalo game. It's been a long time since we have seen him put up that kind of yardage throwing the ball, and you don't need to throw it 50 times to get 300 yards. He can do it in the a lot of throws that he has been having over the last couple of weeks here. I would love to see him get over 300, but I'd also love to see him get three touchdowns. I'm fine with either. Love to see both. But if if one of those two happens, I will be fine with that heading into the playoffs because let's be honest, this passing game, not nearly as explosive as it's been, maybe because of the play calling, they want to rein in some of those, those chances that Russ took, uh, you know, probably before the Rams game, the first Rams game of the season. Um, but right now, I, I mean, I look at this, this Seahawks offense, a, a good passing game from Russell Wilson would put me at ease heading into the playoffs. What do you want to see from this team? Text that into the busy art seltzer text line, but also, Get us your shout-outs. We need those coming up here as we kick off 2021 with your shout-outs and wrap it up here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back in. It is time for your shout-outs for our shout-outs here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Some good ones here coming in to the Vizzy Hard Seltzer text line. Uh, 253 wants to shout us out for not playing clips from Colin Cowherd, of all people. Hmm. Uh, hey, you're welcome. I mean, Colin, yeah, you're welcome. We'll, we'll hopefully uh, continue that streak going here. I, I, don't, I mean, he, he's, he gets uh, people going, but uh, I guess we won't play him. If it keeps the, uh, what is it, the 253 happy? Sure, why not? We love the 253. Uh, we do. Absolutely. Born and raised in the 253. I love it. 360. Uh, Rainbow shouting out uh, this show into a new year. New year. Hope it's better than the last. Obviously, I, I, you know, that kind of brings me to, to my shout out. I'm sure, Taylor, you're going to have a, a shout out like this, too. But just 2020 was one of the most challenging years ever for everybody. And the fact that we that those of us who are here today were able to make it through and and i guess we're not yet quite out on the other side of it all but you do get a brand new perspective on things after having gone through a year like what 2020 was and and for anybody that that lost somebody close to them uh this year whether it be uh, because of COVID or, or, or any other uh, illness or, or just 
randomness. Uh, shout out to you because it is it is not easy losing somebody. I think of my one of my good buddies from college, Andrew. He lost his father this last week, um, not due to COVID, but uh, his father passed away in his sleep day after Christmas. And uh, you know, I shout out him. I shout out his family. Uh, it's just, there was just so much loss in 2020 that it was so difficult to process it at times because it was just so substantial. Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, you know, two huge superstars in their fields. They passed away. You know, it was just a very difficult year for everybody. And you kind of hope that, that 2020 maybe isn't so, uh, you know, unrelenting, but, you know, shout out to all of us for, for making it through and, and for being where we are and having the perspective that 2020 gave us. Yeah. And I think you, you hit it perfectly there, Curtis. We all went through our own, you know, downs and ups this year. A lot of people had ups. There's people who got married. There's people, you know, Curtis, you guys are, you and your wife are pregnant, which is such a blessing. And there's, there are blessings that happened in 2020 and there's good that did happen. But a lot of people went through some really difficult times and industries were, were damaged. Families were damaged lives, livelihoods, all of these things were damaged and changed for a lot of people. And to find places like sports and sports talk for us to come together to find some common ground, some commonality, things to root for, to, to cheer on, to, to give us hope and, and positive thoughts in our life. Let's try and focus on that. And, and they mean less than the big moments. We know that. What we're talking about on this show for the past two hours truly shouldn't impact your life, right? Sports should be a way to positively impact your life and just add on. And, and it shouldn't be something to take away and to come together and to be positive in these places because people are struggling so much outside of this, I think will be beneficial to all of us. And in 2021, if we try and focus on more of the positives in our life, then we can have fun here and criticize the, the stadium in Arizona. And we can have fun here, you know, joking about coaches and, and, sports and moments and bloopers and all of those things we can enjoy those moments for what they really are is just extra fun and moments in life to help us get through so um if you're listening i'm so thankful to you so many people supported me and my family we went through tough times with my dad being sick yeah. my mom had it my sister had it so you know, to, to be able to talk to them and FaceTime them and make plans with them still and have all of that. I know I'm truly lucky and there are people who aren't as lucky as me. So I send my heart to them, my shout out to them, to you for listening, to giving me support, to just even letting us talk sports with you. And whether you agree or disagree, we're, we're really thankful that we have this place with you to enjoy sports and be positive, have some fun, think about things other than the toughness in our life. And just overall have some good time on a Saturday afternoon like you should be doing. Yeah, 206 uh, with a shout-out. They say shout-out to all of 710 ESPN for being there for us. During the worst year of many of our lives, you were a constant to keep us sane and focusing on the future during the worst times. Thanks so much. And I just want to shout-out right back to everybody that stuck with us through the pause in sports and, and through just a year where – uh, there was just so much change in, in everybody's life. Uh, you know, it, it impacted us here here at the station. I mean, 
there are not, you know, there were some moves that were made because of financial hardships brought on by COVID. Uh, you know, it, it touched everybody. And, you know, shout out to you guys for sticking with us through it all. Uh, you know, I, some of the best shows that our station has had, some of the best days of programming that this station has had happened during that time where sports were on pause and just the conversations that were had and um, just, you know, keeping keeping our eyes on the future and, and the hope that sports would one day return. And they did. And yeah, it's still a little different than how we normally take in sports, but sports are back and, and we can't thank you guys enough uh, for, uh, you know, just sticking around with us and, and, you know, engaging with us. Cause we would not, we would still not be doing what we're doing if it weren't for, the listener interaction and just you guys making us a part of your day. So shout out to all the listeners of 710 ESPN Seattle. You guys are are incredible and what you did for us. Uh, We cannot thank you enough. Yeah. And look, text coming in here. We don't want to talk about COVID. We don't want to talk about all of the bad things that happened either. That's reality. I'm sorry, 253. That's the world we're living in, and that's the world we just are going to continue to live in for a little bit. And unfortunately, it has an impact on sports as well. And you want to keep those worlds separate as much as you can. I understand that. But unfortunately, worlds have collided here, and this has spilled into sports. It's had an impact on football. Look at the Saints. It's had an impact on college football. Look at any of the Pac-12 games that happened. It's had an impact on college basketball. It's had an impact on every single sport in the world, not just here in America, around the world. So I'm looking forward to a year of not talking about those things as well and talking about more and more of the the sports, more and more of the fun, more and more of the things that don't impact real life. COVID is a real thing that impacts real lives and people aren't here because of it. No one's here, not here because of the Seahawks you know, 49ers game. Those are all just fun things that to enjoy in life. So let's take more time to enjoy them, enjoy them together and and be together in this space on 710 to talk about sports, to live in the moment, to have fun. And who knows what tomorrow brings, but right now let's just have, have a good time. Let's do it. And I, I hope that good times are ahead to where we can all gather again at sporting events soon, maybe sometime in 2021 we see that happen. Uh, because I know that with the Seattle Kraken and their puck drop, oh, yes. in this calendar year, folks, it is happening in 2021. We're just about, what, nine, ten months away from seeing NHL hockey in Seattle. I want to be able to go to games soon. Like that's what oh, yeah. I'm, that's my hope for 2021 from a sports fan perspective. Obviously, that pales in comparison to the importance of, of what's going on in all of our lives. But from a sports fan perspective, being able to be at an NHL game so much different than watching it on TV. I want everybody there you know, at Climate Pledge Arena. I don't want it to look like SoFi Stadium in L.A., this brand-new palace that nobody gets to enjoy. Uh, that's my hope and my and my sports goal for 2021, that we're just able to be together for the Kraken. Yeah, the puck drop later this year. You have playoff football it's starting next week. 
Cougs and the Dogs football programs look like they continue to get better and better. You're talking about the Coug College basketball program looks better. We'll, we'll get to the UW one, and they'll get better, and they'll bounce back. But how about the Sounders always going to be competitive? The Storm going to be competitive. There's so much to look forward to here in the Northwest. Could basketball be coming back? Could we have a real legitimate announcement this calendar year about an expansion team? So there's so much if you're a Seattle slash Northwest slash sports fan to be excited about. And we're so excited to talk about all of those topics in depth with you to debate to laugh, to be mad, to be happy, to be all of the emotions together here on 710 on Saturday afternoons. Looking forward to it. And if you missed any part of the show today, make sure you're downloading the podcast, 710sports.com. That's going to do it for us. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. This has been Seattle Sports Saturday. Up next, you'll hear the Fiesta Bowl right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.